seven junior high school girls organize a daycare camp for children while at the same time experiencing classic adolescent growing pains. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining, Ruining Our, our childhood. childhood, a weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. Yes, or... A podcast where my mom thought I badmouthed my childhood <laughs> and could not understand why I would invite her to such a podcast and why we would invite her to a page where we badmouthed her. Her Facebook page. Yes. So... Uh... Uh, of course, this is a Classic podcast cat. where we watch movies and see if they hold up and yes. do not badmouth Rick and Pat. Or Mary and Larry. Yes. If anything, we talk about the movies they took us to as children in yes. a lot of cases. Or let us rent. Or, in my, yeah. A lot of cases yeah. in, in my cases. In your cases. Um, a lot of cases in my yeah. cases. In cases that we stack. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we, of course, are doing the... 1995 classic. Did you like how I said classic in yes, the thing? Um, that made my day. Babysitter's Club. Mm-hmm. Because it was my choice this week. Yes. Because. Why? It was Ashy's birthday. <laughs> you said Ashy. Yep. Ashy's birthday. Uh, it was my birthday. And so I got to choose. Choose? Chose? Choose. Wow. Guys, yeah. if you're if this is the first time you're joining us, I'm sorry. Welcome to Grammar Fails with Ryan and Ashley. Yes. So, we are doing a movie that I have not seen. Yeah, which, again, I find amazing. I've said this before, and I'm sure people that have listened to a lot of our episodes are wondering, how can two people that have been (laughs) married so long not know things about each other like this? But I guess you're always learning. Marriage is is just... ongoing learning experience about the person that mm-hmm. you decided to choose to, to take spend. this journey we call life together <laughs> oh god <laughs> but yes never seen it no it's one of my favorites as a kid and one of my favorite book series as a child so go ahead and hit us with some 1995 facts uh this movie was released on august 18th of 1995 so when this episode goes up it will have been 24 years since Holy it came crap. out. We're old. Yes. And, uh, where did the thing go? Sorry. <laughs> it grossed a total of $9.6 million during its theatrical release. Facts about 1995. Uh, popular TV shows were Seinfeld, Friends, and Caroline in the City. Ooh, I watched that. Yeah. Popular songs were, were This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan. Waterfalls by TLC, and the big hit from our movie from last week, Kiss from a Rose by Seal. That's very true. We didn't really talk about that song very much Yeah. in our movie. You know, I don't actually remember that song in the movie. That's true. Was it one of those instances where they just play the song during the credits? It's possible. Yeah. I hate that. Uh, popular movies, because this is, I think, the third movie we've done from 1995. I'm going to hit some ones a little further down the top ten list. Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, was the number five movie of the year. Goldeneye was the number six. Jumanji, 
Number seven. Number eight. A little movie called Casper. Nice. Which I think we should do that movie. In October. In October. Yes. Yeah. I loved that movie as a kid. Sure. Ah, such a good movie. Never been more attracted to an animated ghost. (laughs) Interesting. I don't know. The ghosts in Scooby-Doo and the Boo Brothers, which was one of my favorite movies when I was like five. Uh Uh-huh. They were some good-looking ghosts. The Boo Brothers, isn't that Casper's uncles? Or or are those different ghosts? We're going to look it up. You know, they were very similar, but Casper was not in the Scooby-Doo movie. I'll tell you that. Maybe they couldn't get the rights. Casper's a big name. Casper is? Casper is like, can't do it. His agent was like, no, he is not doing this for, he's not coming out of his trailer or going through the wall of his trailer for under a million (laughs) dollars. Ghost humor. Yes. Um, so we're going to start with our segment that we are now calling Memory Go- Road. Going down Memory Road. And if you've listened to our twentieth episode, Ryan said that. Instead of memory lane. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a segment where we talk about our earliest memories of the movie mm-hmm. and then we discuss if it's gonna hold up. Yes. Which is the whole point of this podcast, right? Correct. So what You've never seen the movie, so you. What's never, your memories of it? I never seen the movie. I do remember when it was coming out, mm-hmm. but I also, I more so than the movie, I remember the books, because when we would go to the library as a class in school, it was like a mad race to get to the Goosebumps and the Babysitter Clubs books because the school only had like like five of the books, even right. though there were probably forty of them. So it was a mad dash to get back there and get them. And I remember a lot of my female friends read the babysitter clubs. A lot of the male friends read Goosebumps. But I will say some of them, some of my, my uh, like buddies, male friends read the babysitter club books too. They're just good books. Yeah. Like my best friend Joey would read both of them. He was like, no, they're good books. I never read one, but he I enjoyed them. I read quite a few. Mm-hmm. I wasn't one of those people that had every single one because... Mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about, you know, the scholastic flyers that Mm -hmm. you'd get. My mom and dad would never let me really order anything just because they, you know, we didn't have the money to just buy tons of books or frivolous things, I guess, Mm -hmm. in their eyes. But I do remember reading all the ones I could in our library. And like you said, I don't think we had like the complete collection, but we we did have a a pretty large collection, I believe, in our library at my school. But... I did. I do remember reading them, and then when the movie came out, it was around the time I was reading them, and I was really excited. And the thing I remember m- most about this movie is that it's set in the summer, which always gave me high expectations for summer, mm-hmm. because, as we said in this podcast before, movies really gave us high expectations of a lot of things. Yes. So that and now and then, which is another one we're going to be doing. Classic is one of my favorite movies because it was set in summer. It was about girls my age mm-hmm. and and they always had like the best summers. And that is one I have seen. Yes. I did think it was interesting you brought up those scholastic book flyers. Yeah. And what I hated was they only had the most recent book. Right. And if you ordered it, it would take them like two months to get it to you. It's annoying. So by then everybody I knew had read the book because they just went to the bookstore and bought it. Right. So I'm like two months behind everybody. I wonder if they even have those still. They just tell the parents, go on Amazon. <laughs> right. Well, they <laughs> do have a warehouse days. here. Scholastic yes, does. Yes. 
Because your so, friend worked at it. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if they, they have to. And they probably sell book fairs. Well, maybe they distribute the books from the Scholastic Warehouse to, like, Amazon's warehouse and Walmart's warehouse. Oh, they, they might distribute that, that too. Them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, it still has to be a thing. Yeah. It was, like, my favorite day to go to the Scholastic Book Fair, even oh. though I barely had any money to buy anything. I remember if my mom gave me five bucks, I was doing cartwheels in my, like, ears, but then I would... Cartwheels in my Cartwheels in my head. I don't know why I said ears. <laughs> Ryan's new, broken. New t-shirt slogan. <laughs> Cartwheels in my ears. Uh. But remember, uh, we took our nephews to the store and gave them $20 to spend. And it took them an hour to decide. Yeah. When I would go to that Scholastic Book Fair, I would go before school. We would make a class trip down there. Mm-hmm. And then I would go after school. And it would take me... Like, three hours to decide how I wanted to spend my $5. Yeah. For me, it felt like I didn't always get a lot of money Mm -hmm. to spend. You know, it wasn't a thing my parents gave me a lot. was like, here's money to go spend at the mall or whatever. So when they did, I wanted to make sure I made the best purchase I could. Definitely. So I I totally agree with you. Yeah. uh, Taking forever to decide. So having never seen the movie, Mm -hmm. do you think it's going to hold up? I'm going to say no. Okay. I just feel like okay, a lot Ryan. of the... Ryan, okay, Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. I feel like a lot of the movies that I've watched from this time period, uh, that they were kid movies, they don't always have the best editing and stuff, so stuff like that is going to irritate me. I agree. So that's... I, I see. I mean, I don't agree with your assessment, like your, your judgment. Yeah. But I agree that there's going to be things about it that age it. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to hold up. Okay. I probably... It's one of those movies I'll put on as like a comfort thing. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't seen it in a while. So I probably saw it like five years ago. Okay. But now that we've started this podcast and I I try to look at stuff with a little more of a critical eye, I think there will be definitely things that I'm like, oh. Yeah. I, I definitely know there's at least one plot line that's going to be totally cringy. So oh. I'm excited for that. Yay. And if, if you've seen this movie a lot and you know what I'm talking about. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we'll go ahead and hit the... Oh, wait. No. Wait. No, I, we're not going to do that. Ashley's going to look up where the movie is available for streaming. Yes. Oh, and fun fact. Netflix just announced they're doing a Babysitter's Club reboot series with Alicia Silverstone. Yes. And... A mid-90s queen. There's a guy in that, too. Um. That's really famous. I'm going to look it up. Ashley's going to look it up, folks. Oh, uh, Mark... Firstein. Firstein? Firstein. He's from Royal Pains, and he was in a bunch... I remember in the late 90s, he always had a TV show that got canceled. Conrad Bloom. Yes, and the one with... uh, I think he was on one with Tiffany Amber Thiessen. He was on one that had... I think her name's Ashley Williams. She was in How I Met Your Mother. She played, like, the baker... Oh, okay. um, That he... That Ted dated. Yeah, okay. Of Victoria? That sounds correct. I want to say it, it was like something about Florida. I remember him being in uh, Dr. T and the Women. Wow. I don't know. What Women Want with Mel Gibson. He played Mel Gibson's <laughs> best friend. Is that yeah. a real thing? The other thing? I think both of them oh. had Helen Hunt in them. Okay. Um. So back to what we're <laughs> back here Back on for. topic. 
Uh, Babysitter's Club is, according to Google, is not available for free anywhere. I believe it was on Netflix like a couple years ago, but they must have took it off because they're jerks. It is available to rent on all of the renting apps. And let us know if you find it somewhere for free. Yeah, because sometimes Google lies to us. Yeah, and I tried to use one of the websites like Can You Stream It? And Mm. it never wants to load or it takes forever. Oh. And it's annoying because 2019, my computer's fine. I can load every other website in the world fast. BS. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to go ahead and now hit the pausey pause before we get a little bark from our new producer, Rupert. Yes. Uh, and also, we wanted to mention, we have another dog named Quinn. Many questions were asked about, why don't you talk about Quinn? Yes. On our 20th episode. She asked us to not talk about her. She wants to remain private. Yeah. Her Instagram is set to private. Yes. So She doesn't want people all up in her biz. Respect Quinn's privacy, guys. Yeah. Rupert, on the other hand, he's the producer. He needs to bark crap at us yeah. to fix in the show. He runs our Instagram. He doesn't. He knows. He doesn't have thumbs. He's listening to this right now. He heard me say, cartwheels in my ears, and the poor thing cringed. He's like, ugh. He's like, oh, this is going to take a lot of editing. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> that's amazing. Cartwheels in my ears. Correct. So let's uh, hit that pausey pause. Pausey pause. And we'll be right back to talk about the Babysitter's Club. Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching Babysitter's Club. And we're going to go ahead and break down our movie like we always do with our different categories. And we're going to kick it off by calling a babysitter on our car phone (laughs) and talk about a little technology. Yeah, that uh, first two minutes of the movie was just riddled with references to phones and car phones. It's like, I'm on my car phone. I need a babysitter on Wednesday. And I'm like, oh, boy. Here we go. Car phone. I think they really hit all the different types of phones. Yeah, they did in this movie. Yeah, there was car phone. There was an old corded phone. Cordless phone. They referenced an answering machine at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. because that's one of the things that they bought with their leftover money from the summer. Mm Mm-hmm. And they, when they started their club summer camp, they were excited to save money so they could get a fax machine. Yeah. I forgot that <laughs> Mallory says that. Yeah. She's like, we can, we can get a fax machine, guys. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm 34. I rarely have used a fax machine in my life. That's true. I The only times I've ever had to, it's like very minimal times. Minimal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Words? Me? No. Talk? Speak? I a word? I word badly. <laughs> <laughs> um, the few times I've had to fax something, I just go to the UPS store. Yeah. We do have a fax on our printer? printer that's 10 years old, but it's still working. We're getting fancy. We don't really use the printer that much mm, any either, no. but definitely a lot of references to that type of technology, but mm-hmm. overall, not a lot of They didn't depend on technology. No. Mostly just phone, because that was part of their business, was that people called them for a babysitter. Yeah. And it wasn't... I mean, 
we still use phones, so I guess it's not too atrocious what they were talking about. No, but it's the type of phones that they use that I think a lot of kids growing up today would be like, what are they talking on? Yeah. Or... Kids nowadays would say, a car phone. Yeah, just using your cell phone in a car. No, a car phone. There was a corded phone (laughs) that was mounted in your car? What? What? Yeah. And uh, at the end, towards the end of the movie, Christy uses a payphone to call her friends. Yes. Which is amazing. We're going to get to that a little later. I'll tell you about that. Any other pieces of technology that you noticed? Not really. I, I did want to touch on the theme music of some of the plot lines. Kooky. That's her name. Kooky. And her minions had their own theme song. Yeah. Every time they were on scene, uh, on a scene, they were... They had to play that song. Yeah. The other thing I noticed was it seemed like they were playing an instrumental version of Tell Her About It by Billy Joel when? in the background of multiple scenes. Really? Yes. Maybe it was just something very similar. I didn't recognize it. I would assume. It just it sounded like that to me. It was... Tell her about I, it. I know the song. Yeah, you yeah. have to sing But, it. you know, minus the lyrics. That's uh, I didn't notice that. I just ruined everybody's hearing with my singing. Oh, it no, it wasn't bad. <laughs> it, wasn't it wasn't good bad. either. Did you have anything else? <laughs> no, that was it. It was just that I noticed that song playing in multiple scenes. We'll have to look at the soundtrack later and see. You're like, we can, can license one song, guys. I know. The 1983 hit. Tell her about it by Billy Joel. They had two songs that kind of sounded like Letters to Cleo, but I looked it up and they weren't. Yeah, I noticed it's just that. The two, the, just the singer, which I guess there was probably around that time there were a couple bands that had a similar sound. A female singer mm-hmm. that, yeah. Yeah. But I was kind of disappointed because I was like, is that Letters to Cleo? And I looked it up and it wasn't. Like, nope, not. Lame. Lame. Um, should we move on? Yes, we shall. So the next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens where we talk about fashion, offensive jokes, dated references. Uh, What did you have? Uh, For fashion, the first thing I noticed was right at the beginning of the movie, the first girl they show is Christy getting ready. ready, And she's basically the star of the movie, I would say. She's a main girl. Mm -hmm. But I noticed right away she was wearing like a softball t-shirt, which people still wear today. And the first thing I noticed about her was she was rocking some Chuck Taylors. Yeah. Timeless. Yeah, she, timeless. Timeless. I always, Christy was always my favorite character because she was the tomboy of the group. Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't really a tomboy, but I just liked her because they mostly focused on her. Mm-hmm. And um, her outfits were good. My favorite outfits were co- uh, cookies. cookies. Cookies? Cookies. Cookies. Is it cookie? I looked up the spelling and it's literally C. O-K-I-E. So it's Cokie. Cokie. Or it's... Marguerite. Marguerite was her, was her name, name. Yeah. Uh Cokie's outfits were obviously like the height of the fashion because they're supposed to be these popular mean girls. Mm-hmm. And so they had everything metallic, knee-high socks for days. Pastel color knee-high pa- socks. Pastel, sheer yeah. sometimes, yeah. fuzzy, puffy sleeves, just... Any 90s fashion mm-hmm. you can think of, they were wearing. 
And it wasn't that the uh, the girls in the babysitters club weren't wearing fashionable things. It just seemed like they were wearing like the most dated stuff. And everything the other girls were wearing, like occasionally they were a little dated stuff, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as brightly colored or fat flashy. Yeah. I cannot talk today. I said fashy. A little fashy. It's a little fashy. A little it's fashy. Fashion flashy. <laughs> you just uh, made a word. Yeah. I always I felt like uh Koki and her friends were they kind of dressed more like the girls in Clueless. Yes. And then the Babysitter's Club girls were more like girls that I knew. Yeah, like normal. They probably shopped at Target or Kmart. Exactly. And I just thought it was funny that Koki, who we keep talking about, is Marla Sokoloff. Yes. Who, when I was a kid, she was the bad girl on everything. Right. She was Gia. The, she was Gia on Full House, folks. I hope you know that reference. She was a bitch. Then when she got a little older, she played one of Joey Tribbiani's sisters on Friends. She did. She was in and a she was teen, not a bad girl. She was in one of my favorite underrated teen comedies, Whatever It Takes, mm-hmm. with Shane West and James Franco. Mm-hmm. And she was like one of the leads. Yes. And my favorite thing she was in was a little 2000 classic starring Ashton Kutcher and Sean William Scott called Dude, where's my car? Was she in that? I don't... She I was I saw that movie that. once. You made the right decision. Once was enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that actually is a movie we should, we should maybe do a rewatch on it, because it's. I'm sure it does not hold up. But yeah, so uh, back to our fashion, fashion choice. Now that we went on a Marcus uh, Sokoloff hole. Luca's hat. Oh, my Lord. If it's been a while since you've seen this movie, or if you've never seen this movie, Luca is a character... Who is a seventeen? Well, we'll get to that. Okay. But he is one of their clients' cousins. Yes. He's an older teenager, Mm -hmm. and he has a love interest plotline with one of the girls. Mm -hmm. And but they were hiking, and his hat is just—it was a flat cap. Yeah. Worn backwards, a la Sam Jackson. Yes. It appeared to be three sizes too small. It didn't fit his it head. It did not fit his head. And it was plaid. It was plaid. It was a very interesting fashion choice. It was. And he wore it like three times. Yes. It was amazing. Uh, did you have anything else? I thought it was interesting that when the uh, Babysitter's Club during the summer, they open up a camp so they can take on more kids, take them all during the day, and make more money. And the way they group the kids is they clip potholders <laughs> to the kids' shirts. Of different colors. Which is pretty awesome. And then the uh, last thing that I noticed was Larissa Olenix in the movie. Right. She plays one of the main girls. And I knew her mainly as Alex Mack as a child. And then also she was in... Ten Things I Hate About You. Ten... There we go. Thank you. Could not think of it. She is kind of a bit of a hippie, I would say. Yeah, Christy's a tomboy. Claudia is a bit of a nerd. Dawn is a hippie. She wears this weird knit cap Yeah. at the beginning of the movie that I have never seen any human being pretty much ever wear. I didn't notice it, but well, she, she's a hippie. She was. She was not a There's times hippie. where she's like eating granola. Like they go really overboard on the stereotypes of each girl. Yeah. Like she's eating granola and then they make fun of her and say something about like... Have you watered yourself Yeah. Lately? And then there, yeah, Mallory's the nerdy writer girl. Claudia is the artist. You said she was nerd. She was the, she's uh, the artist. She's the artist. 
also a bitch. A little bit of a bitch, and we'll get we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Did you have any dated reference or offensive jokes? This is a children's movie, so there isn't a lot of offensive jokes, I, I had, felt like. I had no offensive jokes. Some of the dated stuff that I noticed was Christie's house had floral wallpapering, yes. but it's like striped down the walls. So every foot is floral, then every other foot was a white why? stripe. It was just why it was terrible. Even Jack White would have thought it was terrible with those white stripes. Eh, eh. Bad joke. Not laughing at all. No. Speaking of music, yep. uh, my favorite reference was the Smashing Pumpkins concert that mm-hmm. Pokey tries to ask Logan to. Mm-hmm. Logan is dating Marianne, who yeah. is played by... Rachel Lee Cook. Rachel Lee Cook. Mm-hmm. And... Don't even get me started on him, because he's just like... The douchiest kid ever. Kind of. He doesn't ever say, hey, I have a girlfriend. And the one time that Marianne does stick up for herself, because she's this quiet, more reserved, sweet girl, Mm -hmm. he's just like, whatever. He Uh. smiled at her like, I can't help that I'm good looking. And (laughs) No, you could be like, hey, can you not do it? It's making my girlfriend... Uncomfortable. And sad. She cried. You're doing this... Right in front of her. Yeah. He walked. She walked over and grabbed his muscle, but by muscle, <laughs> she like squeezed his shoulder and went muscle. <laughs> like, These are thirteen-year-olds. Yeah. I don't know. They don't know where muscles are located. Uh. But it, it's interesting that twenty-four years later, Smashing Pumpkins are still relevant. They went right. on tour last year. I don't know too many twelve-year-olds that would be going to a Smashing Pumpkins concert. That's my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh. And the one couch uh, that Marianne was sitting on, it was a red, white, and blue plaid couch. It was America threw up in that room. (laughs) It's amazing to me because I know even with our furniture, like when we first started or Mm -hmm. when we first moved in together, there's stuff that it was dated after a couple of years. Oh, yeah. The way the trends go, your stuff can get out of date pretty quickly. But... I feel like the 90s and the 80s was really bad with, like, really pastel colors. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yes. Did you have anything else in this category that you wanted to bring up? No, because like you said, there wasn't any offensiveness. No, I mean, it's a children's movie. It's a children's movie, which is good. Are you ready to move on to the next category? Yes. It's a little category we like to call, well, hello there. It's any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the film, or in my case, never knew were in the film. <laughs> That's true. Who did you notice? Um, I did put Marla's uh, sock off because I, I remember that she's in it, but mm-hmm. I vaguely don't remember that she's in it. Yeah. I just knew there was a mean girl group and there was somebody that I knew that led it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say Luca, the kid that plays Luca, he's not famous. No. But he is recognizable if you watch Saved by the Bell, the new class. Mm-hmm. And I want to say he was on something else that I probably should have looked up before I... Good thing I have it up right here. He is known for being in Speed Racer, apparently. Oh. That didn't do that great. No, so. that did terribly. And The Three Musketeers. Oh. That came out in 2011, apparently. Okay. He's been in a bunch of stuff. I guess he was in Sense8, which is a... A show on Netflix that people liked. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It looks like Saved by the Bell was his first credit, and then Babysitter Club was his second credit. Mm. And then uh, Ellen Burstyn was probably the most famous person in this. 
I would say. Would uh, you say she's the most famous person in this movie? I would say a toss-up between Ellen Burstyn and then uh, Christie's stepdad is played by Bruce Davison. Mm-hmm. And he... I mainly knew him from... He's in uh, the first go-round of the X-Men series uh, from, like, the early 2000s. Uh-huh. So he was in X-Men and then X2. Uh, but also, just looking at his IMBD, he was uh, nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in 1991 for Longtime Companion. Oh. So, That's yeah. Christie's stepdad. Yeah, Christy's stepdad. For some reason, I thought you were talking about her real dad. No. Mm-mm. Who was, we looked him up and he was from like 30 something. Yeah. If anybody remembers that show. I didn't really watch it, but I know you said that you guys watched it. I not watched it, but I reckon, I remember that show and mm-hmm. I remember uh, Timothy Busfield being on it, who uh, he was in a bunch of movies when I was a kid uh, where he played like the dad. <laughs> yeah. Generic that's, actor. That's like the person you recognize though. You're like, oh, he played the dad on the movie that I liked. Yeah. It wasn't even about the dad. He no, like he five was just lines, in him. But... And I want to say he was the bad guy in First Kid. He's not even in this movie, but we're talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, who is some of your Will Hello there's that you have? Um, I noticed Kyla Pratt, who yes. is just one of the little campers in she the movie. She has like one line. Yeah. And I remember her from being on Veronica Mars, and I want to say she had a TV show that she, did. she was, it was a like star of. One on one or something yeah. like that with Flex. Something. Flex Alexander. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I remember her. And then the other one I recognized was she also was one of the young campers was Scarlett Palmer's, who I remember being on Reba McIntyre's show Reba. Oh yeah. And her name I, was Susie. Yeah. Because I have some stuff about Susie. Yeah. She. Uh, I know. Sadly, the only thing I remember about her was I remember she went through some eating disorders and uh, stuff and had to leave the show for time periods because she was struggling with stuff like that. She's She has to have been in something else in the 90s because she, when I saw her, she looked really familiar, like, as a child. Not just from Reba, because I didn't really watch Reba growing up, but... Was she was a... on Step by Step, Ooh, The Secret it's... World of Alex Mack with Larissa Olenek. Oh. Just some other TV shows. Oh, she was also in Aaron Brockovich. So. Oh, maybe that's where I know her from. Yeah, that could be it. And it looks like she actually has not acted since uh, Reba's show. Oh. That was her last credit. Was that the only one that you had? They were the only ones that jumped out at me. I did obviously recognize a lot of the main cast, like Rachel Lee Cook and Larissa Olnick, and we've talked about Christy a lot, who was Skylar Fisk, which is uh, Sissy SpaceX's daughter. And she's been in a bunch of stuff. I reckon mainly Orange Orange County, which is Orange County. She's a singer. Mm -hmm. She also was in Snow Day. Yeah, Snow Day. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. an Ashley Mm -hmm. Jam. I I was gonna say that's an Ashley Jam. I think those are it for me. (laughs) Hey guys, we want to talk to you a little bit about the PodCoin app. Yes, the PodCoin app. It pays you to listen to Ruining Our Childhood as well as your other favorite podcasts. You can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gift cards for some of your favorite stores. What? Starbucks? Check. Amazon? Correct. Target? Seriously, guys, this is pretty legit. Join the PodCoin app today on iPhone or Android, and I said join, but yeah. I meant download. You've got to download And it. use code RUINING to get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. That's 300 PodCoin for using R-U-I-N 
I-N-G. That's how you spell ruining, just in case you don't know that. Yes. So if you're basically listening to podcasts all day anyways while you're working or driving or doing anything, might as well make some money off the deal. Am I right? Yeah, totally. I mean, free coffee for something you're already doing sounds fantastic. It does sound fantastic. (laughs) Take a shot. So go give the Podcoin app a try today. And also don't forget to listen to Ruining Our Childhood and make some money, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. Uh, should we move on? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next category is, is it even good? Mm-hmm. Where we talk about the plot and the casting choices. And of course, we name our funniest and most cringiest moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about the plot overall? I think it was a plot that was probably used a lot in the 90s, where kids are kind of using a bit of a get-rich-quick scheme. They want to... turn their little club business that they run all the time it seems like into a summer business to make more money and to be together yeah i i didn't have a problem with that i thought it was a cute plot i thought it was interesting that they wanted to turn this old historic building into their office that was weird i don't (laughs) think the historic society is going to approve a bunch of preteens taking over it but they did but they did spoiler alert spoiler alert they do they approve it uh, so what did you think, though? Yeah, I, I agree. As if that, I think they're really business-minded, and mm-hmm. I feel like you just totally made it seem like they're just these kid, little kids that don't know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They know how to run a business, Ryan. They d- I'm just kidding. They kind of do, though. I was interested. I mean, they, they were very organized. They are very organized. They kept track of their campers and who paid and who didn't pay, and they were, you know, they had their pot holders. And I will say... Shirts. My whole thing is that the club relies heavily on Christy because she's pretty much their leader. Mm -hmm. And she is their idea man. And without her, they, like, kind of fall apart. Yeah. But then they're dicks to her. Oh, yeah. Because they rely on her. I think they realize how much they rely on this one person to organize everything and... I mean, they do their part, but I just... They do, but man. Yeah. No, I, that's my whole thing, is that they get... So basically, again, if you haven't seen this movie in a while, Christy's dad, who hasn't really been in her life that much, kind of a deadbeat. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say it, but he is. <laughs> I'm Come... not going to say it, but I just did. <laughs> he comes into her life. He doesn't want her to tell anybody that he's there because he's trying to get his stuff together. And especially her mom. He doesn't want her mom to know he's there. Mm-hmm. So she kind of lies. The only other person that knows is Marianne, who's Rachel Lee Cook's character. Mm-hmm. And puts her in this awkward position to lie to all of her friends yeah. and her family about where she's going because she wants to spend time with him. Which nobody would deny that you shouldn't spend time with your dad. Mm-hmm. But then she kind of is lacking on the responsibilities of the camp that was her idea. Yeah. So I get why they're mad, but at the same time, I feel like they were really extra mad. And I think it's because she's usually the leader and she wasn't around, so then they're all like, oh, what are we doing? I just felt like they were going very overboard on someone that is their friend. None of them really tried to talk to her that much no. as to find they're out what's like, going on. She's late to a meeting, and they're like, well, you couldn't show up on time. It was, like, the first time she's ever late to the meeting. I can understand if it was a character who was notoriously late, and Mm -hmm. then they're late again after months of them saying, hey, don't be late to this meeting. 
But yeah. she's late once, and they're like, this is not like her. Something's Ugh. going on. Yeah. We're going to be horrible bitches to her. Especially yeah. like Claudia. Ugh. <laughs> Don't even get me started on Claudia. What a bitch. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about her later, okay? Uh, okay. All right. I, I like the plot because it's that whole, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, it's the whole summertime. Everybody's having fun. Mm-hmm. They have this freedom. It's it's a simpler time. It's the 90s. So they they live in a smaller town. They just have the freedom to just ride their bikes around. And yeah. There's no, you know, it's, it's good times. Good times. Uh, do you want to move on to the casting choices? Yeah. I had one issue. Okay. If I'm there's gonna... one thing you know about Ryan, he doesn't like when we cast people older than the age they're supposed to be. And in this movie, Luca makes an appearance. Fun fact about Luca, he has a five o'clock shadow <laughs> and crow's feet. He's supposed to be 17. He's 17 years old. We looked up Luca. He is 23 years old in real life. At this point in the At movie. At this point in the movie. Right now. No, no. Uh, he was negative one when they made it. <laughs> the actor was 23 when they made the movie. Way too old to be hanging out with these girls. I agree. That was my issue. I didn't have an issue with uh, any of the other Marla Sokoloff or They're... Skylar Fisk, any of them. They were they... all maybe a year or two older than <laughs> what they should be. They definitely don't look like they're 12 and 13. Except for the two, Mallory and Jesse. Mm-hmm. They actually look like 13-year-olds. They probably were 13, but a lot of them look like they're 15. A lot of these actresses were about 15. Yeah. But that's a a huge gap in that period of time, going from a 13 to a 15-year-old. Yeah. So much things are happening. So I think if they do, when they do the reboot, I hope they do get somebody that's more 12. Because when I think 12-year-olds, I think, or 11-year-olds, I think Daniel Radcliffe, Mm -hmm. Rupert Grint. Those yeah. kids were this right age. They were still tiny kids, but they all the girls seemed older. I know a couple of them were supposed to seem older because mm-hmm. that's part of the plot, especially like Stacy. Yeah. Who is Luca's love interest. She looks older. And I remember watching the movie and thinking, she looks like she's 17. Yeah. That's the whole point of it because he doesn't know she's 13. Mm-hmm. That's true. But also, you should probably start checking people's IDs, kid. <laughs> Well, fun story, they do. <laughs> I liked the casting choices. Mm-hmm. I just felt like some of the girls, and I won't really name them, but I will. I felt like a couple of the actresses could not act. Yeah. So they didn't really get a lot of screen time because of that. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. Yes. That's yeah. why I didn't want to name them. <laughs> that's a good point. What was your funniest moment? So, during the course of this summer camp that the club creates, they have, you know, Cowboy and Indians Day. Doesn't really age well. Oh, that should have been in the data reference. Yeah, I kind of forgot about it till right now. But they do different things to entertain the kids. They play baseball one day, which, that's fine. It was really mean to the one child, but okay. So, one day they decide they're going to teach the kids about the body. And they put together a nice little rap song. Well, it wasn't for the kids. It was for Claudia. Oh, I thought it was for the kids. Because the kids Dude. were all there. No, the, it was... I know she used it to pass her final exam. Yeah, it was for Claudia. It was oh. for her... It was like the way that Christy 
was making up the fact that she kept canceling on her during their study sessions. Oh. She made up the rap. But, you know, it was educational for the kids, so you're not wrong. Yeah. But it was for Claudia. So they do this terrible rap. I would call it terrible. Uh, it's amazing and educational. they go, the brain, the brain, the center of the brain. Um, the center repeat. of the chain. Center of the chain. Oh, well, it was awful. It was everything you would expect from a bunch of 13-year-old girls rapping in 1995. Super. Might have been the whitest thing I've ever seen in my yes. life. Yes. The brain. The brain. The center of the chain. Oh, it was just terrible. But when she gets in front of her final exam and Claudia has a brain fart and she can't think of anything and she's starting to panic, she just taps out that song with her pencil. Yeah. And she passes. She passes. She gets a B minus. Yeah, passes her class. No, that's definitely one scene that does not age well at all. Oh, that was was your funniest line. It was. I couldn't quit laughing at it. (laughs) Mine was just actually something that was supposed to be funny. Uh huh. Was Susie? We just talked about her, the actress Mm -hmm. from Reba. She says, "I've been to the moon." (laughs) (laughs) She just says it because her brother and her are trying to get them to. Do a two for one deal, basically. yeah, because they're Cause so little, yeah. And they lay letters, spoiler alert. Christy's like, That's fine, but it was just funny because she was like, I've been to the moon, and then she says a bunch of other random things <laughs> every time she's on screen. And I was like, She's like my favorite character, oh, she's pretty awesome. Um, what was your cringiest line? Okay, here we go. <laughs> so, Christy, we've talked about her, her dad was a bit of a deadbeat. A beat? A beat of a deadbeat. For her birthday, he's going to take her to the carnival. Correct. And fun fact, deadbeat doesn't show up. And then it rains. Right? It's pouring buckets. That's... And... It makes it dramatic. Poor Christy can't get home. So she goes over to a payphone, calls her friends, and of course the connection craps out. Right. But when she called her friends, they could kind of hear and they knew she needed help. Right. So they call who else but 87-year-old Luca to come drive them to go find her. All of a sudden, Christy's walking down this desolate road, rain pouring. It's coming down in buckets. And all of a sudden you see this car. They pull up clown car style. 37 people pile out of the car. Everybody is wearing interesting outfits for this rainstorm one girl had a actual like raincoat hat makes sense one girl was wearing a vinyl picnic tablecloth that was uh larissa uh, olenek wearing that vinyl picnic tablecloth one girl was wearing a trench coat and a fedora (laughs) so they get to the house now that they've picked her up and they've reunited and everyone's crying it's a beautiful moment They run in the front door of the house, and they run past, I kid you not, five umbrellas (laughs) sitting by the front door that not one of them brought. I don't know why one girl had turned a poncho. She fashioned a vinyl tablecloth into a poncho. So then that ends. Everyone's happy. It's a great moment. And then Luca is now reunited with Stacy. And Luca and Stacy had a falling out because she was 13 and they were at a club in new york and he found out she was that way 13 they couldn't get into teenage wasteland was the name of the club and she's like i'm gonna miss you and he goes 
it's okay. I'll be back next year. And she goes, oh, I'll be 14 then. And he goes, I know. (laughs) So Luca magically has forgotten that when she's 14, he's going to be 18 years old. He also ages, yes. (laughs) Yes. He doesn't realize this. And he's like, oh, I can't wait till you're 14. You fucking creep. (laughs) I'm sorry that took five minutes. There's a lot of stuff to unpack. It ranks up there with the car chase from Gone in 60 Seconds as the greatest moments in (laughs) cinema history. This should be in the Smithsonian, folks. Uh, yes. That that was great. Mine was something similar. Okay. I'm talking about Stacy here. Okay. So, there's a diabetes plot line. (laughs) Yes. Stacy has diabetes. She's really ashamed of it. I don't know if she has type 1 or type 2. I'm guessing she was born with it. Yeah. Because she's not... Type 2. Yeah. Is that... No, I'm I'm misspeaking. I I don't know which one's which, and I don't want to... Well, she probably has one where she was born with it. Can't help it. She has to just manage it. Yeah. But she acts like she has an STD when she talks about it, which is amazing. And then also, there was this whole discussion with her mom about whether she ate or not before going out on a date with Luca, which else I want to point out, her mom's like totally fine with her going out with this guy that's clearly a lot older than her, but whatever. You do you, mom. Yeah. They're hiking and she passes out and they don't even show it on screen. Mm Mm-hmm. They're showing Luca's face, and you can hear her pass out. Yeah. And then they look down, and she's just on the ground. And she's like, I didn't eat. That's why I fainted. And then she has to tell him. It was like this dramatic thing. She has to tell him that she has diabetes. Yeah. I mean, I think, in a way, they're trying to be educational to the fact that anybody can have diabetes. Mm -hmm. But I just like how dramatic she was about it. And I'm pretty sure in the beginning when she's talking to the girls about... She met this guy once. Yes. And then she's like, I need to tell him I have diabetes. First of all, it's not contagious, so you don't have to tell him shit if you don't want to. (laughs) He's not going to catch it. And she thinks that he will think she's pathetic. Yeah. Because she has diabetes. It sounds like, like you said, and I looked it up, it's type 1 is the type that you're born with. It sounds like she has type 1 diabetes. You, you didn't calm, choose that. No. Calm down. Don't, uh, uh. But anyway. But I digress. My The cringiest part was when she passed out and then she had uh-huh. to like take the time to tell him. And he ran back like, oh my god, are you okay? And she I remember when I was a kid thinking that that part was very dramatic. I was oh. like, oh, she needs oh, to tell him. She needs to come clean. Oh Not my. She doesn't come clean about the fact that she's really 13. She, <laughs> She's more worried that he's going to know that she has diabetes. Yeah. She's got the diabetes. Yeah. And yeah. my second runner-up for cringiest was the science rap, too, because Oof. even when I was a kid, I thought it was a little cringy. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. I had some additional Me notes. too. Okay. Well, what's one of yours? Um, back to my favorite scene when Christy goes to the carnival. There is a song that is playing in the background. I am not sure, but it sounds like the song title might be Daddy's Girl. Yeah. It was the song that would give me a nightmare. It was the creepiest song. It makes the music from the Haunted Mansion sound cheerful. 
It Are you thinking so... that the scene is creepy? Or no, the, I mean the, the music. Background? The music. music. Like instrumental? It was just like, daddy's girl. I don't know. It was really a creepy song. Oh. Uh, our producer. Our producer is making an appearance. He is running down the hall. He's saying, get your shit together. He's like, wrap it up. Sorry, Rupert. We're going to do better. I hope he doesn't fire us. He's going to cancel our show. I don't know if he has the power to cancel it. Have you met him? That's true. He's got the that's power true. to do anything. Yeah, that song was amazing. Anything mm-hmm. with Daddy's Little Girls kind of. But it was just a really it, eerie way of singing it. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to talk about Christy's dad a little bit because he is the actual worst dad <laughs> of all time. Yeah, he's Because there. he makes his 13-year-old daughter lie to her family that he's there because he doesn't want her mom to know that he doesn't have a job right now and he's in the middle of work and yeah and they're really vague about what he does yeah but it sounds like he's a writer yeah that's that's what it sounds like but yeah and he's like i'm gonna get a job next week yeah yeah whatever which just gives bad names to writers and he's telling his daughter to lie yeah and then he stands her up on her birthday yeah and but everything's okay because he writes her a letter well, in the past, he would just do stuff like that and not acknowledge it. So at least this time, he did acknowledge it. I guess. Yeah. I don't. That whole was interesting. Yeah. And then pretty much the only other thing I had was at the end of the movie, I had an issue with the ending because they go through this whole thing where they clean out the greenhouse mm-hmm. that they find, the historic greenhouse, mm-hmm. clean it up, make it super nice. The mean girls trash it, but then they clean it up again, yes. just in time for the historic society to come and give their approval or yeah. dis- disapproval. Then, last minute, they decide... We don't want it. It's too hot to work in, mm. so we'll give it to uh, Mrs. Haberman. Ellen Burst. Burston's character, because she likes flowers, and they've been yeah. kind of shitting on her the whole movie because... Terrorizing this poor old woman. Yeah. Because they have their camp right next to her house. One of these little shits shot a stink bomb over the fence while she was gardening. To be fair. To be fair. We've been watching be a fair. lot. We've been watching a lot of Letter Kenny. Anyway, the kids probably didn't know it was a stink bomb because it was a stupid yeah. mean girls trying to play a trick on the camp. But then they the don't... kids tossed it. Yeah, they didn't. It looks like a Fabergé egg too, by the way. Yeah, it was a it, very it fancy stink bomb. It didn't look like bomb. a stink bomb to me. Wow. It was a really fancy like, one. The stink bombs I remember are just round and plain and have... little glass container thing that you smash. Yeah. yeah. No, that was... Yeah, it looked like a Fabergé egg. It should be in a museum. <laughs> reeking it out. Horrible. Did you have any other... Uh, no, that'll do it for me. Ooh, should we move on to our final thoughts? Yes, we shall. And as you know, on Ruining Our Childhood, it is always award season. Always we like season. to give out two awards... Every week. The first is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage online school of bad acting. Who did you give your award to? Well, like I had mentioned earlier about the casting choices, there's quite a few people to choose from for some shitty acting. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of mean because I know a lot of these girls were really young. This might have been some of their first credits, Mm -hmm. whatever. I chose Stacy, Brie Blair, who actually still acts. A couple of the girls don't. Mm -hmm. She still acts. I'm hoping she got better because I don't really remember anything else other than this movie. But most of her plot was pretty cringy, Mm -hmm. like we've noted before. The age difference is the worst part between the two characters. 
But just her acting in general mm-hmm. was pretty terrible, especially in the beginning. That first scene when she meets Luca. Yes. She is really overacting and hamming it up to show that she finds him attractive. Yeah, he's so beautiful. He's so gorgeous. And he then when she comes back from like New York, she's so dramatic when they're getting out of the taxi. Mm-hmm. And she has put her sunglasses on. She's so dramatic, but her character is. Yeah. But she doesn't do a good job of showing it. No. So that was my pick. Who was yours? I gave it to my favorite person in the movie, Claudia. <laughs> Trisha Joe is her name. I do not know. I'm going to check right now to see do, if do she... Don't not know. I do not know. Uh, it looks like this was the last, shing, last thing. Last thing <laughs> she was in. Uh, was Babysitter's Club, so she doesn't act anymore. And you know what? That's probably a good thing. I felt like her level of overacting matched the namesake of our award, Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. There was plenty of times where I felt the four- and five-year-old kids were better actors than she was. For sure. She couldn't even act upset at her friend. That's not a hard thing to do. Just act like that person punched you in the face and be mad at him. Couldn't do it. Mm-mm. overacted the whole time she was terrible awful actor there was a scene and i, I want to say i pointed out to you but when christy's talking to i can't remember the the little boy that she is like her friend and oh. nobody else wants to babysit and he can't hit a ball yeah I, I don't know his name but i know who you're talking about so she's talking to him and one of the things is that she missed him actually hit a ball for once mm-hmm. and the girls are in the background of the scene while she's talking to the little boy while Christy's talking. And everybody's just giving her dirty looks. Yes. Claudia's face is especially overacting. Yeah. Like, they went to Rupert Grint at 11 years old and was like, please show us how to ham it up, Rupert Grint. <laughs> <laughs> please take it to next level bad acting for all of us. But, yeah. I definitely agree. I almost picked her, but... Mm-hmm. I just couldn't get over Stacy because I feel like they focused more on Stacy too mm-hmm. with her whole plot line that it was hard to avoid not choosing her for me. Yeah. Should we move on? I think we shall. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Mm-hmm. Who did you give yours to? So there's this little girl in the movie. Her name in real life is Katie Earl, and she played Nina Marshall. And I'm not giving the award to Nina Marshall. She was one of the little campers. She brings a friend to camp. (gasps) His name is Jimmy Tony. And he is an imaginary friend of old Nina. Nina's. Nina. Nina. I got to take like 17 shots. Are you an old Hispanic woman? (laughs) Gave it to Nina. So Jimmy Tony steals every scene. Doesn't even have to do anything. He's not even there. He was the best part. I felt like a lot of the acting was pretty cringy. So I went the other way. I gave it to someone who wasn't even there. Old Jimmy Tony. He stole the scenes. He did. I will say, I I did like... I think one of my favorite parts of the movie that still held up to me was the little one-offs that they would do with the campers. Mm -hmm. I thought they were funny. Yeah. My choice for funniest line with um, the girl from Reba... (laughs) I went to the moon. Yeah. Th- those were hilarious. Yeah. I liked it. Jimmy Tony. <laughs> who names their... That's just an amazing... It was a good name. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Did you have any imaginary friends as a kid? I did. And for the life of me, I can't think of their names. 
I don't remember. I had a couple, and then I I remember having one in fourth grade because Mm -hmm. I moved around a lot when I was a kid, and it was I think it was like a coping mechanism. (laughs) Now that I'm older, I could probably say that that I was kind of lonely. It was hard to make friends when you move around a lot. Mm -hmm. But for for a good two months when I moved to the school that I stayed at until I graduated high school, Mm -hmm. but my mom had one named Eeyore. And Cute. she would tell me, like, you know, if I was nervous about going to school, you can take Eeyore and stuff like Aww. that, you know. But I, I had an imaginary friend for life. I mean, I can't remember his name. You know what movie we should do now that I'm talking about imaginary friends? Who? Drop Dead Fred. One of my favorite movies Ooh, as a kid. Okay. Yeah. I have not seen that probably since, like, 1994. I watched it quite a bit. Oh, okay. I watched it every time it was on Showtime. I'm pretty sure it was on Showtime mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And then... I want to say somebody put it on Netflix for once. Okay. Once upon once. a time. But I'll have to check out because we don't own it, but we'll have no. to find it. Who did you give your award to? I hope it wasn't Jimmy Tony. No. Uh. It was uh, Skylar Fisk. Okay. Christy. Because I feel like since the story focused mostly on Christy and letting her, her letting down her friends, mm-hmm. there was enough scenes for her to kind of act yeah and i thought 99 percent of the time she was really good mm-hmm. she's very natural you know when she was just talking to her friends whereas i think some of the other girls were mo- most notably claudia yeah jesse and mallory they were overacting like it wasn't natural for them where yeah. i feel like she was just like talking like I, a normal person i felt like she did a good job until they tried to give her the dramatic too much of yeah. her they were trying to make her cry when she's upset with her mom and or upset she was with her yelling dad. at her stepdad it was yeah. hilarious it made me laugh a little yeah that that's she's where like, i felt like my dad. they were asking too much of her and her acting level wasn't there yet as obviously she's but i think young. in the scenes where she's just it where she doesn't have to be extra dramatic she's just talking i thought she was really natural and i i always just liked her as an actress yeah. I thought. no i do too but i might my close second would have been Probably Larissa Olenek. Olenek because yeah. she didn't have a lot of scenes, but she everything she did seemed really good. And like I liked her scene between her and Ellen Burstyn when they kind of bond a little. Yeah, I would definitely say she was. If I'm giving it to an actual person <laughs> rather than Jimmy Doney, I would have gave it to her. She yeah. was probably my favorite part. Old Dawn. Old Dawn. Old Dawn. 60s. That's yeah. an Ellen Burstyn. <laughs> it's a very 60s name. So, should we move on to whether or not this classic holds up? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I kind of went back and forth. I do think it held up. Okay. I thought it was better than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, I could actually see girls that are growing up now watch, watch this movie and enjoy it. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was too bad. Some of the acting's a little cringy. Overall, if you focus on Skylar Fisk, Larissa Olnick, a little bit of Rachel Lee Cook, who I feel like became a much better actor as she got older. Yeah. Um, they weren't bad. Yeah, you know, not everybody's a Jimmy Tony. Some people are not that great acting in it, but it, I, I could definitely see people watching it, and I can see people that I grew up watching this and enjoying it. Yeah. And it really wasn't as cheesy. There wasn't bad editing. There wasn't stuff like that, which I was kind of expecting. There's definitely little things that I noticed as far as the editing where they almost paused or stayed on somebody too long. Mm-hmm. You could tell they were like, 
now start walking. Yeah. And they, they started the scene almost a little too soon to where people were just standing there and then, and then they, they start walked. walking. Overall, I, I agree. It holds up for me. There's parts where when I was a kid that I really liked, like I loved the Luca and Stacy part because I was a hopeless romantic when I was a kid. I loved anything with a romantic plot line. Yeah. So it wasn't that hard. That was always my favorite part. But now as an adult, I'm like, ooh, cringy. Yeah. yeah, it was that was and, some bad stuff. And also just the fact that they have boyfriends at 13 and, and Marianne and Logan are like the serious relationship. I'm like, how serious can you be at 13? Mm-hmm. But you know what they didn't do? They didn't do the cliche, I'm dating this older boy and I'm hiding it from my parents because my parents wouldn't approve. Parents didn't give two craps you're dating a 17-year-old. Yeah, that was weird. It was a little weird. Yeah. But I think I would definitely rewatch this movie because it holds like that nostalgia for me. Mm -hmm. The clothes alone are just brought back memories of my amazing wardrobe that I had in the mid-90s. Oh, yeah. And... Just the plot line and, you know, I love the books and it just reminds me of my childhood. So I definitely rewatch it. I think it holds up in the sense that it's not overly cheesy. Mm-hmm. The plot lines are pretty classic. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see what the Netflix show will do with, like, all the books mm-hmm. and how they'll deal with all the issues. Yeah. And hopefully they'll get some kids that look 12 and that are good actors, which I feel like child actors are getting way better these days. Yes. Like, the quality of them mm-hmm. is insane compared to when we were growing up, up and earlier. Like, there was always one or two people that were amazing, but most of them were very We had Melissa John Hart that was a pretty decent actor and kind of fell off. There was a lot of bad over... Christina Ricci was a really good child actor yeah. when we were growing up. But there was just kids that they're like, well, they only have two lines, so whatever. Yeah. Just say the line, kid, and get out of here. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Yeah, I was I was surprised, uh, but I enjoyed it. It wasn't a bad movie by any stretch. It was pretty well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, pretty good movie. As always, we ask you to throw us a like and a subscribe. Yeah. On iTunes, if you could, and even if you're ever so inclined to write us a review. Yes. We appreciate those. I know that a couple of people have done that, so we do appreciate it. Uh, you can throw us a follow on Instagram or yes. Facebook. At ruining our childhood. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Facebook at Ruining Our Childhood and on the Twitter at ROC Movie Podcast. Have we done this before? I feel like we haven't. Hi, my name's Ashley. Ryan, nice to meet nice. you. We just and for the hands. fact, we actually did shake hands, yeah. folks. Uh, last thing was last week when we actually are recording this, we made it up to number 11 on the top 250 podcasts on Podcoin. Yeah. So, holy crap. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for listening to us, guys. We really appreciate that. Really excited. I think when we started this podcast, we didn't really expect anybody to listen. We just wanted to do it for fun Mm -hmm. and, you know, have something that we do together. Yes. And, you know, maybe some people would listen to it or friends at least Mm -hmm. get a kick out of it. But now, you know. We're expanding out. So we appreciate everybody who's listening. Like I said, number 11, I mean, we were with an eyesight of Joe Rogan. And my favorite murder. Georgia and Karen. Yeah, we were on the same list as them. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So hopefully you guys like this episode and uh, we're going to keep spitting them out for you. That sounds gross. <laughs> gross. 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 Anyway, guys, 
again, thank you for listening, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Bye. Go, bye. <laughs> Go bye. <laughs> Go bye. Bye. Bye.